0: Thankfully, we've been able to do the impossible and, and get the major finals, which isn't just for the team; it's for the whole country, and it's for every single young girl who inspires the, the wear the shirt.
1: Welcome to Sport Inspires, a podcast recorded in collaboration with the Mary Peters Trust and made possible by the Coca-Cola Thank You Fund. Today's episode is with Northern Ireland's women's football captain, Marissa Callahan who led the team to their first ever major tournament qualifier last year in a historic match against Ukraine. The conversation you're about to hear was very kindly hosted by Nicola McCarthy and touches on where Marissa's love for the game came from, the massive journey that's led to women's football being put on the map in such a historic way, and how Marissa and the team are preparing for the biggest tournament of their lives with the Women's Euros 20. 22 Thanks so much for being here and we really hope that you enjoy <laughs>
0: I'll I'll tell you a story of when I was younger and when I, uh, my first memory of, of starting football. Um, I remember moving home and we got into our new house and we've been there a few days and I remember just sitting in the living room looking out the window and there was a kid. Um, she was actually my neighbour, um, just kicking the ball against the wall. And uh, you know, as a kid, and you're like, mm, I want to go out and ask her, can I play? And <laughs> yeah. you know, you're summoning up the courage to go out, but I eventually did and. Um, I went out to her and said, can I play? And that was kind of my first memory of of starting football. And um, that's where it kind of all grew from. Um, my next door neighbour, her name was Roseanne, and she actually has a twin sister called Jeannie. And, and both of them were really into the, into the sport. And they had big brothers who was into it. And then it, it ended up the, the whole street was was into it. So all we'd right. done it's, at that early age was just play football on the street. Like... We have a there was a school um, on, t- on top of the street called some St. Congols it's actually not there anymore it's getting made into a museum but um we just spent like our childhood in, in that school just playing every single day every weekend just playing but when I was in in primary school I was just really sporty I just loved pl- getting out and playing anything yeah um and when I was in primary school, netball was, was my sport. My, my P6 and 7 teacher was was a big netball player and yeah, she had us, we, we were really good, we were actually really good so 6 and 7 there was a goal defence in netball and then when I went into secondary school, I played a bit of netball and, and basketball. Um, so yeah, it just kind of started from from that early
1: age. And interesting that who you saw playing football was a girl and actually not a boy because a lot of stories of girls of your era in the game would say it was a big brother, like you mentioned, or mm-hmm. yeah. a cousin. But it was a girl which is really interesting.
0: Yeah, it is actually I didn't even think of that, but um okay, it was and um myself and Jeannie and Roseanne actually joined um, Newington girls. You know, I, I joined them when I was thirteen and the three of us actually went over together. And I'm so glad I had them too because I don't even really know if I would have went if it was just myself. You know how you are when you're younger and you're Absolutely. shy and you know, getting the whole new team on the other side of town. Um, so it was it was our youth leader, Martin Foyle, who, who got us in touch with, with Newington girls and the three of us went over, um, not knowing what to expect, but, but we went there and um, that was kind of the start of, of um, club football for me.
1: You mentioned playing netball in school and I imagine a lot of girls your age would have played netball in school. What was the opportunity to play football?
0: Um f- football was just something I played outside, like in the street, that's all. And um as I mentioned, my youth worker, Martin Foyle, um because it was a group of us girls who 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 played it, um, he used to get us um into the, the Mayfield five a tournament every year. Um I used to love it. I remember getting been really excited, you know, couldn't sleep the night before. Excitement because it was the only time we actually played competitively. Was yeah. although we get hammered, but it didn't matter. It was just the whole excitement of going there and playing, and um, we come up against all the the teams across Northern Ireland and stuff. And um, so that was kind of the the opportunity to play competitively um, at that age before
1: I joined the club. Then take us on your journey from joining Ewington from your first club experience. What was that like? I remember my first match and, oh my God, I was so nervous. And every time the ball came,
0: I played up front and every time the ball came, I just kind of kept kicking it away. Like, I don't even know if it was passing it or what I was doing, but I just, I mean, because when I was younger, you know when you're playing the street and you get the ball and you're dribbling around, you're taking players on and, you know, as you do. But um, yeah. I just remember always, every time the ball came to me in that first match, I just kicked it away, kicked it away. (laughs) And the manager was shouting at me, going like, just dribble, take a shot, you know. But um, yeah, it was very, very nerve-wracking. But that was the first game once you kind of get into it. Um, But I mean, I was only 13 and I was playing against, you know, senior women, um, women in 20s, 30s. Had so much respect for them, don't get me wrong, but it was a bit like intimidating as well, um, coming up against them, especially the first kind of season. But once you kind of get in and and you get the experience, then it's grand.
1: (laughs) And here we are, you know, sitting with you, talking about your international career and qualifying for a major tournament, Mm -hmm. major finals for the very first time. Was that even two years ago something that was on your mind? (laughs) No, (laughs) like so far off it. I mean, my journey at international football was... um,
0: I played under-15 level, under-17 and under-19 level. And um, uh, after under-19, we didn't actually have a senior women's team. Um, and I, I moved over to America um, for two years. Went over to Alabama and got a scholarship. And I played there for a couple of years. And um, when I came back, the senior team had been established. And I actually still have letters that Alfie had you know, sent out to invite me to, to trials and stuff. Right, but OK. When I came back from America... I, that was another time where I was kind of like I think I'm done with football because yeah. my experience in America just wasn't what I thought it was going to be so right. um, so I came home from America and, and decided I didn't want to play no more and it was aunt like on the phone yeah. get your back to training <laughs> um, ways up Stop ways up right. um, so I did I ways up I'm back to training but for me again playing football was just, was the social aspect I, I didn't want to not that I didn't want to I just it was it was fun. It was um, going out at the weekends with the team. It yes. was playing during the week. It was training once a week. It was playing a match once a week, and it was just all very um, casual and social. Yes. yes, Um And that's what I the way I wanted it to be. I worked I worked in um, a restaurant at the time. I worked in Tony Roma's for about four years while I was trying to get my degree at Uni and. Mm. I mean, I worked every day except for Monday and Wednesday. Mondays was training night, and Wednesday was was um, match night. But I didn't have any other time to give to football, so mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't play international football until it was it was twenty six. And I had kind of drifted in and out. So my first my first cat was two thousand ten. Um, but it was kind of drifting in and out. I never yeah. actually give a hundred percent to it. it. Was you know, Valfi had said, "I need a player. Can you come here?" It was kind of that. That's the way it was. Basically, that day in the office, it was, he, he, told, he gave me an ultimatum, basically, and he, he gave me something to think about, and I went home, and I remember sitting down with Paul and being like, you know, he's right here. Um, it was the World Cup qualifiers. It was actually a disaster of a campaign that we had. Um, and she just t- told me, like, go for it. What? What's stopping you? What are you doing? Like, just do it. Um, and I went, right, well. <laughs> so that Sunday I went to training, and, and honestly, like, See, thinking back to that, if we hadn't had that conversation, if I hadn't went to the training that Sunday, like, where would I be? Like, it's just, it's just, um, it's crazy to think because from me going back to Northern Ireland and obviously being able to then give everything to it. And I then got my, my first job through the Irish FA because I was an international player. So a few years back, I know Sarah Booth had had got funding from UEFA to basically empl- employ two internationals. And the whole point of it was so we could train and work, you know, and kind of do both. Yeah. Um. And myself and Julie Nelson went, for, went and got got the job. So we worked. We, we got the roles in the FA as, as women's football ambassadors, which was my step into the and which was amazing because I, I I mean, I got to spend two years with the under-19s while they were preparing for the for their European finals. Yeah. Um, I got to travel so much with the with them 19s and going to the Lafayette and stuff with the under 16s and going to places with the 17s and I got to experience so much in my role as a, as a women's football ambassador. It was amazing. Um, so, and then from then, I... The job come up as girls participation officer, which again is is my is is something I really love is is trying to inspire these young players, again because I know what what the sport did for me, um so I went for that role and and thankfully got it a few years ago so, yeah like if I hadn't have said if I hadn't have went to training that Sunday I mean I wouldn't be where I am today in terms of my employment and stuff too so, it's just been amazing mm-hmm. incredible been, journey yeah and I like um my. F- Alfie made me captain in 2015, I think it was. God, I'm really bad with dates. <laughs> uh, 2015, it, we played We played at Solitude um, against Georgia. And it was that game, so it could have been 2016. I don't know what year it was. But um, that was my first game as captain. And, I mean, playing at Solitude, which is our club ground, um, It was. I scored two goals that, that game. Simone McGill scored the fastest goal. Um, oh, yes. That fastest was the goal. Fastest yeah. Yeah. So she made history as well, that game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was another, like... I mean, even whenever I sit back now and be like... Being the captain in Northern Ireland, like, I don't know how it happens. Just one of those <laughs> things, like... What, I mean, how is this even... It's just crazy. But that was my first game. So that was another unbelievable, like, memory. Um yeah. Especially the whole family. You know, my family was there... Being at home in solitude, a load of our younger players was there, the academy players was there. Like it was, it was, um, it was a good day. But so now I'm sitting. I've got sixty four caps I and um, hopefully I'll get a few more before uh, these
1: tart legs <laughs> give give way. <laughs> these legs that have given so much. Mm-hmm. Eh? Mm-hmm. So where you're sitting now is, you know, about to prepare for a major finals. You've got camp coming up next month. Take us to that game against Ukraine at Seaview that sealed the qualification. Can you sum it up? It's so hard to put in the
0: words because, like, obviously it was an amazing moment. Like, I mean, you feel, I mean, this immense sense of happiness and pride, but you also feel emotional and you feel like, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Rachel Furness's interview. I mean, the tears, I mean, that's what you You're feeling happy, like, I don't mean sad, but like, you just want to cry, you want to yeah. laugh, you want to yeah. scream, you want to... It's just this whole mix of emotions because from Kenny come in, in that June 2019, we have been on this incredible journey if, as an individual and as a, a team because he came in and instilled his way of playing. Like, we we weren't used to playing the way he wanted to play. Like, he wants to get the ball. Now, we want—we obviously love the fact that he came in and, and with his style because... We love his style and we've all bought into it, but we weren't used to it. Um, so we had a lot of work to do with this. Um, so so he came in and instilled and, and this this new kind of way of playing. And also he kind of took us individually out of our comfort zone. So mm-hmm. where we were um, as players before he came in, I mean, we have grown massively in such a short space of time um, because we are getting on the ball more. Um, and we're fighting to be in his squad because everyone wants to be part of it now. Everyone wants to be there. So you're constantly you have to you have to get up at six AM to go to the gym. You have to make sure like you're training, you have to make sure you're writing the right things, you have to make sure you're getting plenty of sleep. Like you just had to just had to go from kinda one level and just take it to a whole new level. And for me personally, um I mean it, the early the early games when Kenny came in the games against Norway and Wales like I wasn't in the in the starting team, um and so I had to work really hard to try and get into the starting team. I mean yes it's amazing being part of a squad but everyone wants to be in, in their eleven. Yeah, everyone wants to um, But there's no there's no better feeling than earning your way into it if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um because I would never have wanted it to be. Oh, she's got this many camps, or she's captain, or she's this, or she's that. She has to start type thing. You, mm-hmm. have, you know, you have to earn it no matter who you are. So, um, so yeah. So the first four games, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't start, but I did play. I did play in them all. Um, I've actually played in all the games, um, and then the next because of the pandemic and stuff. And the next game coming up was was a Faroe Islands game, and the, before in the p- pandemic, because I wasn't working and I was on furlough and stuff, I was able to fully like. Engross myself in the training and get myself really fit, and I couldn't wait for this Faroe Islands game. And then the day before we were leaving, I actually tested positive for COVID and didn't get going. I'm laughing now, but, <laughs> I know, but at it was—it was. Time, that must have it been was oh my God, it was—it oh, was horrendous. But you know what? Things are set to set the um, test us so yeah. I mean we'll get over it. Um, it was lucky enough that we were okay family was okay and you know the girls went yes. over and done absolutely amazing Yeah. Um, and then the next the next game was our our Belarus game and again the we actually went down to 10 players in that game and I came on the second half and I have to say coming on in that game was probably the most nerve-wracking I've ever felt because we were 1-0 up mm-hmm. we were down to 10 down men to 10. we were battling I mean the character every single player showed in that game it was just an amazing moment. Right. Um amazing game. And uh so I come on, done a bit in that game and then <laughs> the last two games was the Furrows and Belrush games. Um and, you know, the disappointment in that being being a starter but still amazing to get on the pitch and be part of it. And then um the last two games, lucky enough, um I was able to step in and, and wear the, the number eight jersey as a starting eleven player and um, for us to get those two results, um, I mean, whenever we got through the playoff, it was the same emotions as what we felt in the, getting through the Euros because yes. we made history then too. Yes, you
1: made history. Like by even it getting was all to about,
0: oh, well, let's get the playoff. Yeah, let's get yeah. the playoff. That's all we wanted to do. We wanted to make history. We wanted people to start recognising women um, footballers and, mm. and Northern Ireland women footballers, and we wanted us really to really just grow the game here. Um, because everyone was working so hard. Like the like, of so yourself, um, Nikki and Ruth Gorman, two great medium people who was really trying to help the women's game. We had Electric Ireland come on board, which again was raising the awareness. Um Ari was was pumping in a lot of like funding to just really grow the game through the shooting stars Disney programme. Like so everything around the national team, even the clubs were really investing in the girls. Um it was really just building this momentum so for us to go through the playoff was almost like the icing on the cake to just kind of almost thank everyone like no thanks for backing us but yes. you know this is what we kind of can give back and so we done that we got through the playoff and then it came to we didn't know who we were going to get in the playoff and we had some there was some top teams you yeah. Portugal, Switzerland like I mean the Swiss we played I think it was by four years ago and they beat us eight one, like they absolutely yeah. hammered us. Rachel yeah. Furness scored an absolute cracking hot volley <laughs> from the halfway <laughs> line. Yeah. Um so when them when them teams come out, we knew what teams we did we never spoke about it because we were too it was we really did have the fear, you just didn't wanna you don't wanna disrespect anyone and you don't wanna you just don't wanna scud yourself. But yeah. in the back of my head I, I knew that we went to Switzerland. Um and Ukraine was one that because we were so familiar with them because we played them in the Pinotar Cup yes. last year the before the pandemic year. hit it was kind of like raised eyebrows right we could you know it's a possibility we could do something against Ukraine we've played them although they beat us 4-0 and that's being that, that cup yes um, but we did have a lot of young players on um, so inside we were all hoping and wishing that we could get Ukraine because I don't know maybe just we just kind of knew if um, you know, if we get Ukraine, we can really do something. So, fast forward again the the um yeah the playoffs, two games against Ukraine. We had to go over there first, and then we come home and played them in View. The game over there was um it was so tough. It was such a tough game, but we were so prepared for that game. Like people don't even understand how how prepared we were. And I mean, see our two goals, they came through. I mean, we we looked at that on the pitch. Um, we were set up that way for when they ch- try to play out. The f- the Fernie was in that position to go win the ball and score. So like, I mean, Dean and Kenny, we spoke about it all week. Um, they were supposed to be where they're supposed to be. My were supposed to close down, and it just worked like wonders. So the first fir- that was the first goal. Then they equalised um, through a header. So it was kind of like okay, no, it's okay, you know, we've, we've still got this. Um, and and then Simone again, we practiced that on the on the pitch, and and we knew that the the, the goal kicks were would have felt fell short sometimes. Right. And Big Mac obviously came in, Capitalize. got the header, and and Simone absolute quality in terms of you know shielding off a defender and, and finishing top corner. So um, that was away game. We come in. I remember at the end of the game, uh, there's actually a photo of it, and I jumped up and me, looked at Simone and Simone was like celebrating a bit and and Kenny actually started to shout at the at all the coaches and the the, the the subs and be like no like do not celebrate this is not I celebration
1: hearing him yeah because there was no, there the was no fans there was no fans so I heard him yeah.
0: say that and then just stopped and was like right deep breath don't get too ahead of yourself like yeah. it's at the end of the day it was, it was only really half time one game down we still had one to go um but it was just relief in that moment right've we've, we've done what we came to do and, and get away goals. so we come home and save you again love save you it's our home pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had so many good memories in it in the last couple of years and um,
1: unfortunately we didn't have the fans out to share it with us but again we were just focused we just mm-hmm. every single player just knew the rules. You mentioned the on-pitch stuff, so the the, the change in the style of play, the the playing out from the back, you know, the passing game and having confidence to do that. You can see that clearly on the pitch and how that's changed things. What's changed mentally? Um, I think it's just,
0: I think it was Kenny and his team coming in and telling us that just go and express yourself and don't worry about mistakes. Like in the past, it was, you almost felt fear getting on the ball in Mm -hmm. an international game. Mm -hmm. And like no disrespect to anyone um, because, I mean, we're Northern Ireland, we're always underdogs. And when you come up against teams like Switzerland, the Netherlands. I mean, they're huge teams in world football. I mean, Netherlands won the Euros, the last Euros, um, top teams. So, when we go out against those teams, you're almost it was almost like, right, we, we need to stop these things from scoring. Whereas when Kenny came in, he completely flipped that and it was, you know, to win a game of football, you need a score. So yeah. let's go out and, and play yeah. football and, and try and score. And it wasn't about how many goals the opposition could get. It was about what we could do. And I mean... We have such so many talented players. Yes, we don't have a big pool because we're such a small country, but in terms of the players that we have, we have such, such good talent. And um, the, these young kids, like Rebecca McKenna, Abby McGee, Tony Lee Finnegan, Megan Bale, like all these young kids have been through our, our Girls Excellence programmes from the were 9, 10 years of age. So, all those years in development, um, some of them have played in the under-19 finals. So, I mean, they've got really good experience at the under-age level and they're now, you know, household names in terms of the senior women's team. So, the fruit of everything that, you know, Alfie's put in place in terms of the excellence programme and the international side and, you know, coaches like Noel Mitchell and, and Stevie Graham, like, that's all coming to light now with, within our set up and it's just that, that Kenny's just given us that that belief of like don't be it doesn't matter if you make a mistake every single player in the world yep. makes a mistake on the yep. pitch and that like it's okay don't worry about it just make sure you know just go and be, and express yourself enjoy the game and just be yourself on the pitch and I think it was that whole trust and bringing us all together and and again on the training field they they show us how they want us to play. Mm-hmm. And every single game, we set up to go and win. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just been it's just been incredible, incredible few years of, of learning self, self kind of. Like, I've learned so much about who I am mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as a person. And as I said at the start, like, I thank Kenny so much for that because sometimes you do need someone to kind of come in and, and challenge you. Mm-hmm. So you can find out who you, you know, who you really are, and what strengths and weaknesses and stuff you have. So, no, it's been it's been really good.
1: On that personal note, I've known you for a long time. You know, you've always been a, an ultimate professional, very measured. You know, you're a captain, you're a leader. Um, you've mentioned the couple of times in your career, which we've all had, where mm-hmm. you think, "Oh, will I pack it in? Will I yeah. will I move on and do something else?" Who is Marissa Callaghan off the pitch, and what <laughs> keeps you going in those difficult moments?
0: Um, I have to say my family. Um, I mean, our Quinn. He was born in in November two thousand nineteen, and myself and my partner, we we went through a journey of four years to you know to, to get him, and yeah. you know he's finally here, and he's um, oh he's such a wee dote. and do you know? See, I mean, the funny thing is like. I remember watching a uh, an interview with with Sarah Mack and she spoke about um, her wee young daughter Harper, mm-hmm. yeah, and about how Harper's made her a better player, yeah. And I totally get where she's where she's coming from because I used to go home from football if it didn't go your way, you didn't have a good day, and used to be absolutely human, like to the point where you lacked sleep, yeah. Or even if it did go well and you went home and because you just thought about it so much, where now you go home. And, you know, you see him and it's just different, you know. Yeah. Your your home life's your home life and, yeah. and football's football and it's that separation. Um, but, yeah, like, my little son, my partner um, and, and my family, I think, is is um, definitely, he has definitely made me a better person as well. Because, um, okay. again, you do learn a lot from yourself when, when you're a mum. You certainly um, do. And it's, I mean, I have so much respect for for women everywhere um, because you don't really know until until, (laughs) (laughs) it (laughs) lands until until it lands yeah Um, but yeah incredible but (laughs) yeah I'm just football's my life I mean as I say like I'm employed with the Irish FA as girls participation officer and I mean my my role is to inspire those young girls and I'm lucky enough to do it on the field and off the field Um, I've I've done a lot of coaching um, throughout the years and, you know, I've, I've done a wee bit with, with Climber ladies and, and the under-19-17 sections and all, all the younger grades. So, I think when I, well, I hope when I start playing I can continue my my, my coaching and, um, you know, stay within the game and, and get involved that way. Is that the plan? Yeah, well, I've, I've in July I'm going to do my eye licence. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. And then... I don't really want to think about it yet because I'm not ready for it but <laughs> You've um, a long way to you kind of have to prepare yeah. so it's just yes. in preparation um, yeah. to, to get that and you know it takes a year to kind of to, to get your your to get that done and then you go to, to the second part of it so it's it's a journey of a couple of years so I think now is a good time to start and um, just because I have loads of time, <laughs> loads of time to do these things. But, um no, yeah, yeah. So it's five minutes. Yeah, so I'll do that. I'll do that in August. But um, I'll play until until these legs can't anymore. Just because I'm loving it so much. Um, so we'll see. Brilliant.
1: But as a female player, you've always had to plan for beyond football, haven't you? I mean, you mentioned your degree. You mentioned your time in America. Your role at the IFA. Your previous role all around. Girls and women's football and the the development side, you've been involved the whole way, and you always have to keep one eye on on life after, don't you? It's just part of of being a female footballer. Okay, yeah. Like when I was when I was younger, um, growing up, we
0: there wasn't too many um, professional leagues, so I mean, football was never going to be your job, um, so you had to prepare for for away from football. Um it just so happened that I was lucky enough to, to be part of the era where although the younger kids coming through now um can make it professional, um we have a really good setup in terms of our clubs and international. So I've almost got the best of both worlds. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean mm-hmm. there? So mm-hmm. like yes, it was all like social and it was just, you know, your club and international but now it's there's a lot it's a lot more professional. Um there's pathways. And there's pathways now. Yeah. It can and be a career. enough, it can be a career. And But obviously, I'm a little bit too old to be looking <laughs> at, at making a career as a professional footballer. But um, yeah, there's other strands of football that,
1: that hopefully it can be a career after it. Coach Marissa. I like the sound of that. Mm, we'll see. I can see that. <laughs> I could think of no better person. <laughs> but Marissa, your part in the squad, this current squad on the international scene and on the, on the domestic scene, are the reasons why there are pathways? I mean, you girls have been the ones to forge that path? That's yeah,
0: huge. like, see, just look at, thinking back to our journey and our, our playoff games and, and getting into the, the finals, you can't help but think of everyone that's came before us because yeah. we had so many talented players mm-hmm. that has played for Northern Ireland, played for a club football, have gave so much um, to the game and... I genuinely believe that they felt all the emotions that we felt, mm-hmm. um, and like yourself too. I mean, you you come in the football, and you just when you play when you play the sport in Northern Ireland, it's almost like a big community. Um it is. And one thing I will say is when we did do that, we it was for all the past players and everyone that kind of came before us, because um, I do feel for the ones who didn't get the opportunity that, that we have had lucky enough myself and Julie and, and Sir Mac and Hutton, Fernie who are kind of all in that kind of yeah, 30s we're, <laughs> we, we're just lucky I mean five of us have been so lucky that to, to just reach this kind of, this point um, so we do look back and, and think about all those that kind of came before us but it's just been a collective effort like there's so many, I spoke about yourself, you know there's so many individual people that's just drove it on like Sir Booth as well, when she was at the association, I mean, she was massive, in terms of what she, she done for, for the game, and, um, the programs she set up, the, the funding she got in, and, I mean, I know, I'm nearly sure she was involved, with the first, getting the first senior team set up, um, I know she was, she was captain as well, in, in those early days and stuff, so, it's just been real, trailblazers, like, Sarah, and, like, your, yourself, and Ruth, and Media, Electric Garland, Alfie Wiley, like, the Irish FA as a whole all these amazing people around club football um, you got Clara Kirkwood Sue O'Neill um, like loads of people who's just ran the game within the, the NIWFA and and NIFL that's just really pushed it and do you know what they asked the uncomfortable questions and it's the questions and they'd asked and if it wasn't for people like that then I don't think we would be where we are today um so, yeah, it's just been a collective effort and it's been been the whole community just getting together and mostly it's been players who's played in the past who loves the game and loves the country and just wants to see the game do well. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's everyone just coming together and thankfully we've been able to to, to do the impossible and, and get the major finals, which isn't just for the team, it's for the whole country and it's for every single person who's fought for women's football and every single um, young girl who inspires the the wear the shirt so I mean
1: it's going to be brilliant it's going to be amazing in in England it's going to be amazing It's going to be incredible Mm -hmm. Um, You're an inspiration to young girls you're a role model to young girls Marissa, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self and therefore to young girls now?
0: My advice would be to Stick at it, enjoy it. Um, for me, there is no better feeling if whenever you earn something, you work really, really hard for something and you earn it. There's going to be times, like there have been so many times in, in, in my life where I've been disappointed. Um, but when you're disappointed, it it makes us be fair in your belly to do more. And it, it's when you start to do more, and things start to, to happen the way they're supposed to so for me any young girl um work hard no matter what you do whether it's sport or whether it's you know if you want to go into university um, work hard at your 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 exams so you can get there if it's if you want to go and travel the world work hard to save money to go and, and do that just do your best work hard and um, yeah for me there's just no better feeling
1: and you said you're a mum now, mm-hmm. so things are very different in mm-hmm. that front. You're an inspiration not just to young girls, but to young boys, including your young son. <laughs> I mean, to have a I super know, he's no, he's no idea. He's no idea. He has no idea. Um, you know, it's amazing for him too, to, to grow up and to hear all of your stories. He'll be able to watch you back. And I mean, that's very special too.
0: It is really special. And I'm actually, um, it's a big thing for me at the minute to make sure that I, I keep a laugh for him. Um, we, at the minute... he he started to to cheer so (laughs) what do you do when mummy scores a goal and he's like "Go!" so he's starting to get that wee bit of his personality which is class Um, uh, but for me I just hope he I mean it would be amazing obviously if he loved football but I just hope um, I would hope and pray that he he just enjoys sport Mm -hmm. Um, just because I just think it's amazing for any young person to, to get involved in sport and whether that's just for the social side of it or the competitive side, whatever, um, but it's definitely something that will make sure that you will get the opportunities. There is loads of opportunities to to go into it. So um, yeah, I look forward. I look forward to. I mean, it's it's tough now at the minute because of you know I'm trying to juggle everything. Yeah, and, of course. Um, yeah. so you don't get as much time um as you as you want. Yeah. Um yeah, but. I look forward to the life after football when we do get plenty of time together and I actually get to take him to his you know maybe I'll get to take him to his matches if he's into it or whatever he does Um, and then we'll go on a journey together but yeah I'll I'll keep plenty for him to to see and look back on and And he's definitely part of my story now; he'll be mentioned um, a lot and and just from that Ukraine game like that's something now that I do at every match um, is where where the wee armband with, with his name on so Brilliant. You know, he'll he'll stay with me through through the rest of it. You mentioned your
1: partner Paula
0: as well. She's been a real constant in your life. Ach, yeah. I mean, it's tough for her as well. Like she's she's obviously employed full time. Um, she's a busy life. She's she loves working out. She's um and she's a massive family is and who are so so close. Um, and I mean they mean so much to her. So she's trying to juggle everything too. So. I mean, if it wasn't for her, honestly, I I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be where I am because um, of her support. And it can't be tough. Like it can't be tough. And um, but she understands it, and um, she's got my back. And she absolutely loves football and loves Northern Ireland and loves everything <laughs> about it. Um, so you're supporting. I mean, her, uh, her her niece Chloe as well. Um, Chloe's a big football fan. She's always at the Cliftonville games. Um, so just can't wait this week to get back in. But um, you know they're all actually sitting yesterday planning, you know, next year but you know for the Euros. And you know it's just amazing that for them too, you know, that's my family as well to go and ensure it and be part of it. And um, so it's it's exciting time for them too. I mean, it's something to look forward to after this crazy year that we have we've really had. Um, so really yeah, is. they're looking forward to the journey as well. And as I said, they just absolutely love
1: it. Brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant. Uh, okay, I have a few questions uh, to finish on, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, greatest challenge, greatest challenge for me, I would say,
0: is probably the most recent, and that was getting into starting conversation in our in our um, our squad.
1: Yeah, the I don't day. know if I'm
0: saying that because it's the most recent one, but no, I think, yeah, I honestly think that's that's the greatest challenge because I was, with the pandemic and everything that's happened, I was completely out of my comfort zone in terms of um, I needed to take a massive step back and analyse who I was as a, as a player. Again, get... Find my confidence and believe that I was good enough because we have so much good, amazing talent in our in our squad, amazing talent. So I needed to accept, right, you're good enough to end the 11. Mm-hmm. And with the pandemic hitting, I had to go and train by myself every day. I remember I went around the Mollusk playing fields, it was actually great because of the weather and stuff. But see, that was the first time in my whole life that I, I had to train by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, Every day. Because, mm-hmm. yes, you have your oh, your yeah. individual sessions, but you always had your team sessions, like, weekly. But it was, yeah, it was kind of... Yeah, so that, that training by myself, getting the motivation to go and, and do that and really, like, invest heavily and in just making sure I was the, the fittest that I could be. So when I was called upon, then, then I was kind of ready for it. So,
1: yeah, it was... Um, Definitely but big, big challenge. You mentioned that you've learned a lot about yourself in the past couple of years and I think we all do as we grow and mm-hmm. becoming a mum and all of those things. What do you think you've learned about yourself? I've learned that I'm very self-motivated
0: um, because, again, whenever you have the, the shoulders of your teammates, it's easy to go to training with your teammates and you know have that, yeah. them there to... To push you on when you're you're sprinting or when you're absolutely exhausted and you have your teeth Sorry, keep going, keep going. It's easy, but see whenever you're um, in a lost playing fields, um, and you're sprinting, you know, and you're you're down to your last breath and you're by yourself, and inside you're like just keep doing it. Like that, I yeah, I learned that I'm definitely self motivated, and that I struggle with confidence. My whole career, like, mm-hmm. big time struggle with confidence and it was fe- trying to kind of dig deep and find that, you know, within myself. Um, so, yeah, just
1: self-motivation and inner strength. Brilliant. Greatest success. Is that an That's obvious easy. one?
0: <laughs> That's easy. Um, yeah, qualifying for a major tournament. and And I have to mention... Our little journey that we had um, getting our Quinn, absolutely, um, because absolutely, honestly, see that that was such a journey. But um, and then the whole like pause pregnancy, the whole nine months, and all the little wee male son goes through, um, and then the actual the birth, and you know, and kind of kind of where we're at now and stuff, and you know, he's yeah, he's your kids has, has to be your, your biggest accomplishment doesn't it Nick? 100%
1: yes. so um, 100% mm-hmm. brilliant um, final question if you could take any athlete from Northern Ireland out for a cup of tea who would you take
0: <sighs> that is a really good question um I, do you know who, I, and it's not only, I'm not only saying this because I'm doing this podcast, Yeah. but I think I would I would love to take um, Mary Peters out
1: to have yeah. a chat with
0: her. Do just because it? I feel like our journey's quite similar, like yeah. she won a gold medal uh-huh. and then a couple of days later she's back to life in, in, in Northern Ireland and just back to normality, going to her, her work and, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's exactly what happened to us. Like, yeah not we haven't won a gold medal but we've won like an amazing thing in terms of um, getting to a, a major finals which is like a gold medal uh, yeah. especially as a Northern Ireland player um, and then a few days later we, we just go back to work and it's like right okay mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. as much as the whole hyper in it it's been I would just love to sit down and, and ask her about it and see I would I would definitely bet that she's kind of went on the same same kind of journey as us like you know, I have um, people calling me up and emailing me and asking me to go and do talks here and and there, and I'm kind of like, what? why do these people want to like listen to me? Like, I'm only Marissa Callahan that grew up in in Divis and West Belfast, like a little kid with ginger hair and glasses and a lisp. Like, why do these people want to? Like, it's just it's just astounding. Like why these people want to listen to me type thing? So Because you've you know, got an incredible play. story. Well, that's it. That's
1: and it. you've achieved so much. Mm. So we'd love to, I'd love
0: to hear um, Mary's um, story and see if she... I mean, we know she's an incredible woman and what she's uh, she, she done for Northern Ireland. Unbelievable. Um, so, yeah. I fun.
1: think we can arrange a cup of tea with Mary. Do it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Marissa. Thank you so much. And huge good luck and best wishes for... What I'm sure will be a very exciting year ahead.
0: Oh, absolutely! It's going to be an amazing year. We've obviously got the, the World Cup qualifiers coming up, and then you know to finish it all off with our um, our tournament, our, the finals. So yeah, exciting oh, times. It. Thank
1: uh, you so much, Marissa. No problem. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Sport inspires is a best of Belfast production recorded in collaboration with the Mary Peters Trust and made possible by the Coca-Cola Thank You Fund. To find out how you
1: can support and develop future Northern Ireland athletes, please visit marypeterstrust.org to donate today. Or you can join our 200 Club, where your £5 monthly donation enters you into a £350 cash draw every month. Thank you so much
0: for listening today. Hope you enjoyed it as I did, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day.